morning is from James 4, verse 13 through 17. And that is found on page 1884 in your pew Bible. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone, then, who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Thank you, Brian. We are looking again at the letter of James, and as we come together as people of God, this is our, our uh, study of James has been really fun through the summer. We've been looking at all the different things that God could speak, speak into our lives through his word, through his servant James. And so we began in James 1, and we looked, first of all, at that reality of trials, and in the trials we were assured God is with us. And in fact, in the difficulties of life, God does amazing things. We can even thrive in the trials. And so that was challenging for us to hear again, but that's so true. God is with us in the difficult times. A little later, James, he speaks about listening, that we need to, we need to listen to God, first of all, well, and listen to each other. And that's just the wisdom of God speaking into our hearts and lives because we, we are so quick to think we understand and then to say, oh, this and this and this needs to be done, but we need to listen more, listen to God, listen to each other, and then the wisdom of God guides our lives, helps us. We went on to look at how we are to welcome others. And this is a constant challenge, too. We're so comfortable in our little group and, and that we do need to look beyond what God is doing and different people and different situations and how we can minister to them. So that was good to be challenged in that way. And then we were challenged in James 2, 14 to 26 to be active in our faith. So we, we know a lot and we, we understand quite a bit, but now to live it out. And so there again, James said to engage in things of faith, in the church or in the community, and let your light shine, and you will be blessed, and God's kingdom will come. In James 3, we were reminded, too, of the words we say and how our words can hurt, and that, that does definitely happen. People say something, they're not really saying, they say something, and you just, oh, man, it hurts. But at the same time, the words that we can say can heal and be encouraging. And so we were, we were challenged in that. And I just remember last Sunday too, Ivan was here and you just stopped after the service and you gave me an encouraging word. And two, just the words that we say. I so appreciate that. And, and as we encourage each other, that's what God wants us to do. That's wisdom. When we see others and we think, what can I say to them that would encourage them? That's how we need to live. So James challenges us with that. We look to at how we are called to be living pure and peaceful lives. 
that God calls us to, to follow him in purity and to do what he says and also to be at peace with him and with one another. Very, very nice living out our faith and finally to draw near to God. Last week we looked at that, how God wants us to draw near to him, to give him that special central place in our hearts and lives. And so, so as as we have listened to God speak to us through James, he has challenged us in these ways to, to live out our faith in good and godly ways, to have this godly wisdom, to ask God to continue to guide us and speak into our hearts and lives. And then we can truly be blessed and be a blessing. This service today is our final service sermon in the series, our summer series on James. And it's looking at our plans or God's plans. Can we trust God's plans for us? And it's a challenge for us, setting God's plans, his perfect plans, above our much more limited plans. And so, you, you too, through Terry's uh, presentation, through the songs, the sense of the will of God in our lives, how we live into that will, how we live out of that will. We have our plans. And just to begin, just think about our plans. When we make plans, our plans are, are characterized by being unsure. We are we are not sure. And I think you had it yesterday a little bit, right? Because you planned a wedding from long ago. And then there's all the, what about, what about, what about? Is it going to be okay, right? And, and I always, uh, I mentioned too, to Martin, I think it was. Yeah, we, we maybe talked too. When, when I do outdoor weddings too, then I say to the couple, especially to the bride, we are going to press on with this outdoor thing unless it snows. <laughs> I mean, we are, we are set to do this. And most commonly, we had a wedding out at the, the Wolf's Botanical last summer, and, and the girls were shivering, but it was good. It was good. And so I heard, too, yesterday the, the skies opened up and the sun was there. And so, yeah, God's plan and your plan is good. But often our plans are so uncertain. Hey, we are uncertain. I don't know. What about even the weather? We don't know. What about this? What about that? And so really our plans are very uncertain. We had this series on James. We meet with the worship team and we plan our worship through many months ahead. And so we planned for the, the series on James through the summer. And so ten sermons because James has five chapters and two sermons on each chapter. So that's 10 sermons. Here we are at the end of the series. We're only up to chapter four, where things changed. Different things happened through the summer, and so we're done the series. It didn't quite work out the way we thought. We make plans, and next, next, summer, I, I, next Sunday I ask Kyle too, are we going to, we have a baptism next summer, next Sunday. And so I asked Kyle, I said, should we do the, another James sermon on the baptism? Well, no, he said, what if we reflect on baptism itself? Fine, perfect, beautiful. So the plans change, 
And whenever I put a worship schedule together at the very top, at the center, it's always tentative. Tentative plans as we go forward, see how the Lord leads us in our worship. And that is always the way to work things. Tentatively move forward, trusting in God. I think at this point, too, there's some, uh, some uh, people going off to college. I talked to Nathan. Uh, Nathan, you are making your way, right? Yes, and you have some plans. A young man going to Trinity Western. And so, yeah, is it more the sciences or the humanities that you're looking at? Not sure. <laughs> plans are not sure. There's my example. But that's fine, right? That's okay. I remember when I went to college too. I was not sure exactly. And yeah, that's okay. Our plans are not sure. And so I think too, Luke, you're going to Albania, right? And you have that set for six months? Eight months. And then what? Not sure. And that's okay. You can trust that God has a plan. God has a sure and certain thing that he has in mind for us. And so, so just in our lives too, generally all of us as we plan in our work, in our lives, looking for us, good to plan, you seek to plan things, but yeah, there are definite uncertainties in our understanding. And so we receive the wisdom of God to be at peace in the uncertainties. That's a real gift of God, that, okay, I don't know exactly, but I trust God will guide and provide and direct. And so we can be sure, not being sure changes to being sure when we have that center trusting in God's plan, his will for our life. There's examples of that in the lives of many and, and so especially thinking biblically with you for a moment, if you think about those people that the Bible talks about how God worked out his will in their lives. We had our vacation Bible school. Uh, we planned for 80 kids, thankfully, because we had 88. But that story of Joseph was what we talked about. And there too, Joseph, young man, uncertainties, what's God's plan for his life? He had a dream. If you remember the story of Joseph, God gave him a dream that God was going to do something great in his life. Okay, absolutely. Wasn't exactly, how does that going to work exactly? Well, wasn't exactly clear. Then, then it, it was difficult for, for a time. His brothers uh, rejected him, sold him, and he was a slave in Potiphar's house, then he was in prison, and finally God raised him up to be the ruler of Egypt, to be the savior of, of that nation, of his own family, and of the world, actually. That's the picture in Genesis. And so, in the life of Joseph, you recognize, too, God's plan was working itself out, and at the end, in Genesis 50, verse 20, Joseph explains it to his brothers. He says, uh, God intended it for good all this so that is the heart of our confidence as we even go through difficult things 
David is another example. Samuel the prophet anoints David as king over Israel. And 15 years later, that finally works itself out. After all kinds of troubles and difficulties and Saul chasing him and trying to kill him and he having to go out of Israel and come back and all kinds of uncertainties, finally that did absolutely work out. And so, so trusting in God's plan, maybe it's not immediately what you would think. Maybe it's not obvious right away, but that you have a confidence that God has a plan for you. And I think it's even interesting in the New Testament where you have the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament is the one who has the vision of God to go out and plant churches and, and he knows what he's about. He knows God's plan for his life and he is going here, there, and everywhere. And then in Acts 16, he is moving around. He is actually in, in modern Turkey. He's, he's up around the Black Sea area uh, and he is trying to find the next place where God wants him to plant a church. And it's, it's just not working. And it says in Acts 16 that, that he goes to Bithynia and, and he tries and no response, no one's interested. And, they, and he goes somewhere else, uh, Troas, and he says too, Lord, I'm going to start a church here. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And then, and then the thing is, Paul, he has, he has put limits on what God is going to do. And I think in our plans often too, we put limits on what God can do. And Paul has said too, God, God is, is just working here in Asia Minor, in Turkey, and then, then around in the Middle East. But he would never go to Europe. He would never cross over to Philippi or Macedonia or Rome. But in fact, that limit, God has to especially uh, take Paul and, and in a dream, he, he gets through to him and, and finally Paul realizes, oh, this is God's plan for me. And then he, he goes and then he meets the church and plants the church in Philippi and, and God does an amazing thing through Thessalonica and Corinth and, and into Rome and God's plan working itself out. So we need to be in tune with God's plan, open to God's plan, recognizing God's plan. And so I want to, first of all, in relation to these examples, have you think about your life. And I, I think, John and Shirley, your life, as you look back to, you made plans, absolutely. But, yeah, the war was there at a particular point, and then different things of immigrating. And, and so, but as you look back, you can see God's plan, God's hand at work. And that's what we want to have everybody see as well. So if you today, as a couple or as an individual, reflect too on how God has worked in your life, that you see too his plan, his purpose worked out in your life. And that is encouraging, first of all. And really, that's what James is trying to have the people do here in chapter 4, as he he just having them pause. And in James 4, he's talking about understanding God's will for our uncertain lives. When we're not sure in ourselves, 
we can be absolutely sure in God. And that's, that's what James wants to get through to the people here and what God wants to get through to us today. Because the letter of James is written to people whose plans have changed. The letter of James is written to people who are scattered. They, they, were, they were under persecution in Jerusalem. And, and through the persecution of the early Christians, they were forced to flee. And so they are now in a different place. They, they thought they would just be serving and worshiping God in Jerusalem. And that I would just go on and I would be fine. But that was not God's plan. And so through the persecution itself and their having to flee, the gospel spread. Jesus says before he ascended in Acts 1 verse 8 that they are to go out through Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But they didn't actually do that. And so this is, this is the way that that God causes them to reach out. And so the persecution forces them to go. And wherever they went, it says in Acts 8 verse 4, God did amazing things. The gospel went out. People were hit or or received the the gospel. They were touched by it. and, And God did amazing things. Now, in James 4 verse 13... They, they are making more plans. Things have actually gone fairly well. And now, now what, what is the focus in the new place where they are? And the focus here in James 4 is, is to pull back again and to uh, do business uh, and make money. Verse 13, uh, making plans. So the focus changes back to, well, okay, now I'm here in this new place. Now I'll just, I'll just really hunker down and, and get on with my life. Thank you very much. When the focus always needs to be on, on, okay, what is God doing? How is he working? And our plans are still so fragile, even when it talks about the, the mist, that, that our life is like a mist, that, that we are just here for a little while, and that our actual... Actual accomplishments are so minimal, really, when, when God has eternal things in focus. God has everlasting effect in mind. And so, even when Jesus makes it part of the prayer, he teaches the disciples, your kingdom come, your will be done, because our life is, is fleeting and uncertain and like a mist. And in fact, Jesus himself says, in John 15, verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, that's, that's hugely opposite to, well, these are my plans and I'm doing all these things. No. Apart from me, you're doing nothing, in fact. You are gaining nothing. You are making no progress at all. And so, so that reality we need to focus again, recognize again, be reminded again that we are, are living under and into the plans of God. And they need to take precedent, and that is a beautiful, wise, and blessed way to live. And so we, we want to, 
with joy and confidence, take verse 15 to heart, where it says, it reminds us too, that you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. If it is the Lord's will. Years ago, I'm not sure if you did it too, it was more common to to put those little letters, DV. Yeah, DV. Do you know DV? Yeah, Deo Volente, Latin. That God's will, God's will would be worked out. It's even Uncle Ralph's boat, hey? Uncle Ralph, he has a boat on the coast and he named it Deo Volente. And he built this boat and he sails around where the Lord leads him. And when he gets to a harbor, he stops and talks to people and ministers to people and helps people because it's the will of the Lord that he is seeking to work out. He does love to live on a boat to begin with, so that's why he's there. But then again, he works out God's will through that. And so that reality of Deo Valente, if it is the Lord's will, that we have that in mind, that we continue to, to plan our lives, always recognizing the will of the Lord. Let him adjust our plans. Let him guide our lives. Let him be the center, acknowledging our very limited perspective and understanding that we need to put our trust for our lives in him. We're going to pray together, and then at the end of the prayer, I'm going to invite you to join in saying the Lord's Prayer together, which is, in fact, the prayer that we call that God's will would be done.